0: Your lipstick stays on the front my left side
1: right, we are back. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Drew Marshall Show, streaming live at drewmarshall.ca. We're on the MyJoy Radio app and iTunes or Google Playing across the GTA on AM 1250 Joy Radio. I like this song. I forgot what it was called, but who sings it? I, I have no idea. Train is in Choo Choo. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess people can have one name. Sting, right? Sure. Tim needs a microphone, by the way, just whenever you're ready.
0: You too? We're, we're tra- oh, no, that's two we're, words. we're
1: training an intern on the board here, so again, as I've said earlier, usually the, the mistakes are all kind of blamed on Tim, but today it's Elise the Tool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the toilet. <laughs> Toilette. <laughs> Toolette. Tu- really? Oh, the toilette? Oh, the toilet. Ah, <laughs> uh, We're on to our next guest and not a moment too soon, Brittany De La Mora. Brittany De La Mora. She's an ex-porn star, and that's uh, gotta be a shadow that's hard to crawl out from underneath. For seven long years, her life was bound to the chains of suffering. Manipulated into starting a career as a porn star and escort as an 18-year-old college student, all she wanted was a sense of belonging. Growing up, her life had been full of rejection, and now here was an industry holding out its arms to her in a welcoming embrace. Brittany quickly took the adult world by storm, never anticipating that it would turn on her. She appeared in approximately 275 adult films before the age of 25, Wow, and gained enough notoriety to be nominated for an AVN award for Best New Starlet in 2008. Her reputation was only further solidified when Maxim Magazine named her one of the top 12 female porn stars in 2010. Howard Stern dubbed her the smartest girl in porn after she made two appearances on his popular radio show. But this intelligent, articulate woman was on a downward spiral into a life of degradation, drugs, substance abuse, prostitution, depression, and several suicide attempts. Jeez, at that point, Brittany, are you there? Can we can we hear her now, please? Brittany, yeah, are you there? I can hear you. At that point yeah, in I'm your here. life, were you listening to a lot of country music? Because that's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah.
0: You know what? I wasn't. I wasn't listening to country. Oh, Probably man. a lot of rap and, and yeah. stuff like that.
1: Yeah, true story. Well, what started <laughs> with a, a skyrocketing career, awards, accolades, and unimaginable popularity soon became the source of her greatest pain. I don't want to read your bio anymore. I want to talk to you.
0: Yeah, that's... Hi. Hi, how are you?
1: I'm fine. And you?
0: I'm doing great. Are Much you? better now after all that stuff you read. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you
1: know what I mean when I'm saying, like, how do you crawl out from that shadow? I mean, even now, today, you know, you know, part of your shtick is, hey, I'm I'm Brittany, I'm an ex porn star, and I love Jesus, right? You, you if you were just Brittany who loved yeah. Jesus, no one would give a holy grunt about you.
0: You know what? I, I I hate to to admit it, but it might be true.
1: Hmm. Um. I I often wonder about. You know, when when, uh, when God people say that, you know, Jesus came into my life or I found God or whatever and, you know, all of a sudden everything's everything's different and changed and awesome and stuff, I really do wonder about the leftover residuals, probably not a good word to use in your industry, residuals, but, um, you know, the impact that just doesn't actually go away.
0: Well, what do you mean?
1: Well, uh, you and your husband, how's your sex life? Is that weird?
0: No, it's not weird
1: at all. Okay. But you know what I mean? I mean, that's that would be one thing that people would say, well, that's always going to be, you know, and he's going to wonder, and you know, am I going to live up to And then I, even I the darkness of...
0: Necessarily- Sorry, go ahead. Well, because in the Bible, it teaches us that God makes you a new creation in Christ. And, yeah, there's obviously still all the old stuff, and we did have to deal with that. Like, when my husband and I um, started dating, we said, you know, we're going to be pure, we're going to honor God, we're not going to have sex until our wedding day. But we did get some of my old fans that would send him, you know, pictures and videos. And obviously, yeah, that's inappropriate, and it was embarrassing for me, because he'd never even seen me like that. We were we were waiting. So we did have to deal with things like that, but you know what? God just gave him the grace to kind of get through it, and he just, you know, he gave us the strength to persevere.
1: Wow. So you see, here I come from a different uh, scenario. I've been I've been part of the Jesus scene, or I was part of the Jesus scene for uh, thirty plus years. And these days, I'm 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 not a certaintist anymore. Right? I'm not as certain about the interaction of God, the literal physical. And even spiritual interaction of god i just wonder about it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so as a as a skeptical believer on the outside looking in on your world i i you know you don't have to justify anything to me but i i do wonder about how much darkness does actually get pushed out because what i'm hearing well, from you god, in, your, in your journey is that all darkness is mm-hmm. gone
0: Right, because John one five says that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can't overcome it. And that's exactly what happened in my life. In another translation, it says that the darkness can't even comprehend it. So therefore, as I'm walking in the light, there's people that are walking in the darkness that have no idea what's going on in my life because they don't understand. You know, when you walk in the light, you confuse your, your enemies, you confuse your adversaries. And there's a reason for that. You know, and not everybody is meant to understand the light. When Jesus was walking on the earth, he had a lot of people that ridiculed him, that doubted him, that said he was the prince of of demons, that said he was a drunkard. You know, and people aren't going to get that, and that's okay. But I don't have any darkness left in my life. I don't. God has truly made me a new creation in Christ.
1: That's pretty cool. Do your, do your friends from the industry, or who I'm, I don't know whether you hang out with any people from back in the day or not, or you still keep in touch, mm-hmm. do any of them kind of, I, they must find it hard to believe that you are who you are now?
0: Yeah, you know what, I think at first they did, but time always reveals someone's true character. So in time, it's kind of like it proved their doubts wrong. Hmm.
1: Have you had any, any people from the industry try to uh, get you to come back?
0: Um, You know what? I have people that reach out to me that say, oh, you know, when are you coming back? But not that they're in the industry. They're just, you know, um, I guess fans of the industry. Um, But no, nobody from the industry has tried to get me to come back. Like, they know that this is the life I'm living. I've actually had women that have reached out to me that have quit the industry because, The reality is, there's so much brokenness in that industry, and a lot of people truly are looking for a way out. But oftentimes, you can feel so stuck in that industry because you feel like these are the choices I made in life, and now I'm stuck with them. And you don't realize that there actually is life after porn, there's life after your mistakes, there's life after addiction. And so, they're looking for a hopeful story that could help pull them out of the life that they're currently living.
1: Um, I know that there's a uh ministry of some sort around our neck of the woods that uh, where ladies go into strip clubs and they and they come in with a bouquet of roses with a little encouragement note attached that says you know i don't know mm-hmm. some Hallmarky thing like you are beautiful or god loves you or i don't know whatever and I, and it's nice mm-hmm. and they don't, they don't hang around and, you know, preach and be all forceful because that's not Canadian, but there's mm-hmm. a contact thing on there. And if the, the stripper says, you know, there's something, there's something here. I want to find out who these people are. Or I, maybe it's someone I could talk to or whatever. Hopefully they can reach out. What, what do you think about that? And, and what do you think mm-hmm. about people going into strip clubs to, to sell them Jesus?
0: Um, I mean, personally, I don't do it, but I have really great friends with the XXX Church that actually run the Strip Church, which is a very large organization out here. I don't know that they're in Canada, but they, they have multiple states here, um, or multiple states in the U.S., And they go out, and they actually, it's been really effective for them. And so I love what they're doing because they're not going in to say, hey, you're wrong. They're not condemning you. We can all make our own choices in life, whether they're right, wrong, good choices, bad choices. Like, you're free to make your own decision. But just so you know, you do have a way out. Because, like I said, a lot of women in the sex industry, they feel so trapped. And so just to know, like, hey, we don't judge you. We love you. And if you do want out, like, know that we will help you. And I think that's a great thing.
1: We are on the line with Brittany DeLamora. She is an ex-porn star. Her website is BrittanyDeLamora.com, D-E-L-A-M-O-R-A. And uh, Brittany is spelled in a way that I've never seen before. (laughs) B-R-I-T-T-N-I, right? Did I get that right?
0: Yes, B-R-I-T-T-N-I. Mm-hmm.
1: Tell us about your the, the the whole husband thing because I find that so interesting. How you know when a porn star leaves the industry is it's one thing, but then when they leave the industry and sort of find God and and go you know complete one hundred and eighty, that's a completely other thing. And then you know I'm sure I I don't really know many porn stars, but I'm sure there's got to be trust issues with guys. And so that's got to play into you landing with a guy and trusting a guy. So there might, I'm putting words in your mouth, but you tell me if I, I I don't think you have a problem telling me if I'm wrong. (laughs) Was there a trust (laughs) issue and and how did that play out in, in your marriage?
0: You know what? There hasn't been any trust issues. God really healed my heart and he could, he wouldn't have brought me a man that was insecure. My husband is a confident man of God and he knows that I'm not going to cheat on him. Like, he's confident. He knows he, he has no insecurities that are within him. Um, and so he's my perfect match. It's like I'm living a fairy tale. You know, I really, um, I honor my husband. I respect him. And um, there has to be a trust in a marriage. If you don't trust the person that you're dating, then there's no sense in marrying them.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a very true story. Can you tell me, how have you been able to concisely figure out where the brokenness was that allowed you to get into an industry that, that really used you up? How, how did you not see it? Do you look back on, your, on who yeah. you were and go, man, I was so naive, or, or, or was the industry yeah. just that good? I mean, what, where were the leaks in your soul?
0: There were, there were so many leaks and I I think that everything oftentimes starts at home and that's where it was for me is I came from a very broken household. I mean, words were spoken to me like you're a loser I hate you you're never gonna amount to anything in life And so I was so broken and felt so rejected from the time I was a child I used to cry myself to sleep wondering why I was ever even born at the age of 12 years old you know so I I really truly had no respect for myself and I wasn't capable of making good decisions because I was taught that every decision I was making was wrong so I think when I was 18, I went through this rebellious stage of and, and very prideful because I was so hurt that that pride was my shield. So I kind of was like, well, I'll prove my family wrong. I can be somebody. I'm not a loser. I'm going to make a lot of money, and I'll show them. They're going to ask me for help, and I'm going to turn them down. Like, just so much hurt that was in my heart because hurting people will hurt people. So I was out to hurt the people that hurt me. And um within a year of being in the industry, I hated it. And I wanted out so bad, but my pride wouldn't let me out. It it was like I didn't want to admit that I made a mistake, that I made the wrong decision, because then I felt like I would be proving everybody right. So I just stayed in that industry for pretty much another six years. And that's what pride does to us. Pride will make us stay in a season of life that we want out of, but we're too ashamed to humble ourselves to just get out of it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, is there such a thing as someone in the sex trade who actually wants to be there and uh, is making good money and knows that they're going to use the money for furthering their life?
0: Yeah, I mean, I know women that have done that. I actually have a really great friend. She's very successful. She's been in the industry for a very long time. Um, she actually just she just got out of the industry. She's now, you know, doing a sports, radio show and um she used it to um to really do good things for her in her life here so i mean it's a very rare case that you find that um but every now and again you do Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. are you able to tell better than most women when a guy isn't really being honest with you because of how much (laughs) yes do you know what i mean yeah you you finish that sentence for me you know what i'm talking about
0: I think because I spent seven years of my life manipulating men out of their money, I read men better than anybody, it, which is actually, it's a blessing now. I would never manipulate a man now, but, like, I have women that come up to me at church that are like, I kind of like this guy. What do you think? I'm like, oh, no. I could read him like a book, and I'll tell her everything that's going on in his, in his life, not to, to shame him, but to protect her from getting into a uh, huge heartbreak." So it's really been, um, it's been a blessing. Yeah, I can, I can read men like a book now.
1: Can I just tell you that that needs to be your, your ministry? Because, no, seriously, <laughs> because there, we think that, that, I think men get too much of a free pass just because they're part of a church. And let me just tell you that in my experience, I'm not necessarily convinced that the D-bag quotient is any lower inside a church.
0: Yeah, unfortunately it's true because the church is a hospital, so there's a lot of broken people that go. And, yeah. you know, when we when we read the Bible, we see that Judas, he was around Jesus. He was so close to him, but what did he do? He threw him under the bus and sent him to the cross for death. And so just because you're in church doesn't mean you're actually in God. And so, yeah, you do see people that are in church that are not godly and and you see that throughout the bible so of course it's not going to be any different today but there are some really great people in the church i met my husband in the church he's an amazing man of god he's so pure-hearted his heart overflows with love and grace and and i'm you know i'm so blessed to have him
1: Hmm. and i love his hair
0: yeah, well, he, you know what? He battles with alopecia. He actually lost all of his hair a couple of years ago. Um, so it's like an autoimmune disease where it actually it it takes your hair, your hair, so, your hair follicles, or some sort.
1: So speaking on behalf of just a, a bald guy who is trying to be cool about you know how bald I am, I just put, put my foot on my yeah. mouth there. Now I feel like a real jerk for saying that.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's okay, it's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay.
1: But anyway. Uh, speaking okay. of bald, Tim, uh, I have a co-host who hangs out with me and irritates the snot out of me every yep. show. Tim's dying to ask you a question. What do you want, Tim? Well, it, it's a little bit off topic, but I oh, think it's... no, there's no. A surprise. No, no, yes, of course, of course. But I think it's also on topic. Speaking of men, and I'm not trying to... Women are the stars and the biggest victims in the porn industry. Um, the, the porn well, stars that we've talked to have all been women that have got out of the system. Can I just yep. admit to something? I don't want to talk to a male porn star. Well, what is wrong with me? Why mm-hmm. don't... Why don't I? Is it just a homophobia thing or something? I have no idea, but I'm wondering. I just are thought you of that. Could be. Are, I just are, th- thought of that. Okay, go ahead. Are Tim. men as victimized? as yeah. are men as desperate to get out, or is it different for a man? Uh, you Good, read good question.
0: That's actually a really good question. Um, I I don't think that they're as desperate to get out because um, a lot of men they find their they find their worth and they find their value in. In being with multiple women, and unfortunately, in our society, it's praised that the more women that you're with, the better that you are. But that's not the case at all. And so I think um, in my experience, a lot of the men that I met, that was kind of you know, they thought that that it was a very it was a it was a proud thing. It was something they could be proud of. Um, I'm sure that if they truly knew their worth and they truly knew how valuable they were, they wouldn't be in that industry. But until you have that kind of revelation for yourself, then you're just kind of in there. But but, yeah, I didn't experience as many men that obviously they're just as broken, but that's where they find their source of, of their worth and their value.
1: I'm assuming, uh, Brittany, and sorry. just to remind our listeners, first, you're listening to the Drew Marshall show. I get caught up in the uh, conversation. You're listening to the Drew Marshall Show, and we are chatting with Brittany DeLamore. She's an ex-porn star, and, well, she's so much more than an ex-porn star, but that's part of the reason she's on the show is because she's an ex-porn star. I, I'm assuming because of the way you've spoken and the way you deliver your story, your testimony, that you are mm-hmm. part of a church that would be maybe... Pentecostal in their leanings, they're sort of praise the Lordy. Like you're not in some stalwart, strict Baptist kind of church, right? You're in a you're in no, a no way. you're in a happy, clappy church.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's it's non-denominational, but yes, definitely, we're not afraid to get a little loud for God.
1: Okay, all right, ah! uh, but in that scene, <laughs> in that scene, there is a lot of certainty, and there's a lot of God said this to me, or God did this. And, I, you know, I've been uh, doing the Jesus thing for a long time, and um, I've never been really certain about the fact that that was God. God said this? Okay, what, is it, what does God sound like? Darth Vader? Uh, Don Knotts? Fran Drescher? Like, what does God sound like? Um, and then God, I, you know, God spoke to me this way or spoke to me that way. So you, part of your story mm-hmm. is, you know, all of a sudden you're going to film some porn thing and you grab your Bible for some reason and... Mm -hmm. And you really felt like the hounds of heaven were after you, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Before I—so three years prior to that encounter, I had gone to church, and I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and what I began doing was reading the Bible. Now, what the Bible does teach us is that um, my sheep shall know my voice, meaning that— you'll know the voice of God when He speaks to you, if you're spending time with Him. Because if you look at a sheep, sheep are always with their shepherd. So the only way you're really going to know the shepherd's voice is if you're spending time with him. So I was spending time with him every day, even though I was in the adult film industry. But there was this um, one day where I really felt like God was saying, bring your Bible. So I brought my Bible, I was on the airplane, and I began to read Revelation 2.20, and, um, um, in this particular verse, it's talking about how, you know, I have this thing against you. You tolerate this woman named Jezebel, and she's leading my people into sexual immorality. I've given her time to repent, which he did three years prior when I went to church. Um, And if she doesn't repent, then I'm going to cast her and her children into a sickbed. And in that moment, I realized that what I was doing was not okay with God, but it also, if it wasn't okay with God, then it shouldn't be okay for me. And I thought, you know what, God, if this isn't the path that you have for me, where I'm broken, I'm hurting, I'm a drug addict, then I believe that you have a greater path for me. And so that day I quit the porn industry and I began seeking God by you know, going to church, and I began reading the Bible more than I was at that time, and He really did start to speak to me through His Word, and God, He's a living God. He does speak to us. You know, the feeling sometimes you get in your stomach, like, ooh, I don't think I should do that, that's God. The feeling that you get when, you know, people are are speaking to you directly, God can speak through them. He speaks through the Bible. He's always speaking.
1: What about, uh, just running out of time here, and I've got 67 more questions, um... The money. One of the reasons I have friends mm-hmm. who have served forever in the in the industry, and the, and, the, and it's really hard to leave. They want to leave. They're sick of working till four in the morning after close, and 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 all they are, are servers. But the money is good, yeah. and that's one of the reasons they can't get out. And uh, I know other uh, women who are strippers, and one of the reasons that they can't get out of the or they feel they can't get out of the industry is because the money. The money is so good. The money is so good. The money is so good. So you leave the industry how did it go with the money because i know that was really hard we have a mutual friend that we've spoken about during the show here today i was going to get her to surprise call you but she's not available her name is chrissy Moran, and chrissy says to say hi she's she's actually a huge fan of yours they say people call me a a preacher and i'm not a preacher but uh, Brittany, she's a preacher that's who you (laughs) you
0: know she's Um, a doll i love chrissy
1: she is she is we had lunch uh, together man about eight years ago i think and Uh, down in California and just a sweet, sweet girl. But she, she, she has spoken openly about the struggle, you know, financially after leaving the industry. How was it for you?
0: Mm -hmm. You know what? It was hard because I went from making $30,000 a month plus because I would do like very high end escorting gigs where I could make, you know, $15,000 in a day. And then you go to making $11 and 25 cents an hour. But the reality is, is that the money never satisfied me. It was never enough. And by the time I left that industry, I I left with $10,000. That was it because I spent a lot of it on materialism and and drugs. And so I was not wise with my money. And um, it was a very humbling experience to go and work for $11 25 or 11 and 25. But I had joy and I had peace and that for me was worth far more than any dollar could ever have been worth. And you know what? Now God has given me great opportunities and I just got, you know, I'm in real estate, my husband and I own a landscaping company. So, you know, like if you can just go through that season and, and you know, you'll get through it. Like, yes, it sucks for a little bit, but you're going to get through it and it's okay.
1: Well, Chrissy was right. She said I would enjoy my conversation with you, uh, Brittany. I, I, yeah, you you do have an authenticity about you that is beautiful, and um, and and it's obvious that the God thing for you is a legit deal. Uh, not that as outsiders mm-hmm. we have any right to sort of question that, but if you feel as authentic as a, you feel very authentic as a woman, but you also feel like an authentic uh, Christ follower as well. It just seems to be authenticity is just you. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. All right. I'll
0: leave it. Thank there. you. I appreciate <laughs> that. It, it, <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for having me on your show. You're awesome. And I hope to hear more from you.
1: Thank you, Brittany. You take care.
0: Okay. Thank you. You too.
1: Bye-bye. Brittany DeLamora on the Drew Marshall Show.